This is the fear of science. Welcome to the Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises along the way. And today is a special one. Some say we're cashing in because today we are talking about the fear of Bitcoin. Yes. And uh, of course, in studio, uh, I am Daniel Chai, co-host of Fear of Science. And I'm the co-host, Jeff Porter. And today we are joined by two special guests to talk about this mysterious currency. Uh, please introduce yourselves for our listeners. All right, I guess I'll start. Uh, my name is Justin O'Hearn. I live here in Vancouver. I am a sometime stand-up comic. Uh, otherwise, I just work in an office, so nothing really that exciting. Uh, and I don't really know a ton about Bitcoin, so I'm jazzed to be here. Excellent. This is a, an educational yeah. uh, podcast and we want uh, our guests to learn as much as our listeners. So glad to have you here, Justin. Thanks. And uh, our other special guest. Hi, uh, Mike Stevens. Uh, I'm a partner at uh, a law firm in Vancouver by the name of Faskin Martineau. I am a corporate finance M&A and security specialist with a penchant for advising uh, crypto uh, clients and people looking to do all forms of cryptographic token offering. Uh, garnered a bit of a reputation in the space uh, across Canada and uh, happy to be uh, one of the quote-unquote experts on the subject, although it will be limited to my very limited legal knowledge. Glad to have you here, Mike. Uh, so, uh, I want to start off with a, a question, uh, uh, and feel free to answer this as, as truthfully as possible. Uh, who here has a Bitcoin? Does everybody have a Bitcoin? No. I do not. Uh, our firm won't accept payment in Bitcoin yet, so <laughs> yeah. that's a no. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I have no Bitcoins. I actually have a physical coin of a Bitcoin um, that sometimes I will show to people and tell them that I have a Bitcoin uh, and then they believe me and I feel awkward, um, but I don't have an actual Bitcoin. Uh, and I do not have a Bitcoin, but uh, I've I've definitely thought about investing in Bitcoin here in Vancouver and in other cities that I've visited. Uh, I've seen like uh, uh, I've seen vending machines where you can go and buy a Bitcoin and I'm always very tempted. It's like a slot machine, but for Bitcoins. And I always think, sure, today I can win. Uh, no. <laughs> like I have an extra $6,000, I'll just lay down, no problem. <laughs> totally, yes. Um, but yes, uh, so uh, of course, our podcast is The Fear of, of uh, Science. And today, of course, we were talking about the fear of Bitcoin. Uh, you know, uh, in the news, there's all these different, uh, uh, you know, new technologies and uh, news comes out about uh, different cryptocurrencies every day. It's a lot to take in. I was wondering, Mike, uh, for, for us and for our listeners, uh, what is what is cryptocurrency? What is Bitcoin? For someone who uh, maybe has never heard of it, just came out from under a rock. Um, okay. Well, so, I mean, it's a pretty a broad um, uh, class of instrument. We call it, trying to take it down to first principles. Uh, as a lawyer, you tend to look at what it looks like uh, at a first principle and then sort of build up from there. Um, so at its core, Bitcoin is effectively a storage of value um, that is that is stored uh, cryptographically on what we call a blockchain network. Uh, and so what um, all participants in that uh, ec economy have to acknowledge is that that 
actual cryptographic instrument has that particular amount of value attached to it. Um, so can you go in and buy you know a Big Mac with a Bitcoin? Not currently, but in theory, uh, it has a value of. I mean, you mentioned six grand. I think it you know obviously like a lot of currencies fluctuates over time. Um, you know, bro- in a more broader sense, uh, cryptocurrencies tend to be ones that are created on their own private blockchain. So you'll have like Bitcoin, um, Ether uh, on the Ethereum network, and then you will have um, the frenzy that we hear more about in the news are uh, ICOs or token offerings. Tokens themselves are are um, created on other people's blockchains. So when you hear most ICOs out there, when you hear of them, most of them are actually tokens that are either Ether or some other protocols token that they're using to sell. Yeah. So um, my question, so I, I have a lot of friends that work in tech and they go on and on and on about Bitcoin. Uh, and I, I follow about 50% of it and then I start glazing over. Um, so I understand that you have a blockchain. Mm-hmm. A blockchain, is that what you're using to mine the Bitcoins or is that different? Um, yeah, that's a pretty technical question. Uh, so um, whilst I have lawyers in my firm that deal with the, the crypto mining uh, specifically, uh, what they are doing is they are mining, they're basically using their CPU, their, their processing power, right. to verify transactions on the chain and elevate them and put them at the top of the chain and say this is a verified transaction. You know, point A and point B of that transaction is is using our CPU. We've solved all the, the the equations we need to solve to prove that transaction. So, so mining is really just a process. I guess it would occur on the block on that particular blockchain uh, of proving that that transaction had actually occurred. So you're you're just donating your computing power um, in order to make. Uh, Bitcoin. You're not. I've always. Well, I always you're not. Ma- well, you're not making it. But I guess you are. I mean, it's being minted. Uh, it's being. It's being produced for you as a reward for doing that work. Right. Um, and for gen- generously donating your CPUs. But but it's also proving the transactions on the chain. Right. So you're actually doing a yeoman's service and being rewarded for the purpose, which is why you see these big bit Bitcoin mining farms where if you scale it. The potential for you to earn real, you know, lots of Bitcoin is is enhanced. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I find I find Bitcoin fascinating as well. Where it's it's the whole idea that anything that could be worth something, as so, as long as we say it's worth something, is worth something. Yeah. Can I be a dumb guy and ask a dumb question? You sure can. Yes. Thanks. Thank you very much for that for that permission. Um, so, uh, Mike, you've done a good job of explaining this because I didn't know most of what you just said. Um, I know a little bit. And my, my question about Bitcoin is is more of what Jeff is starting to get at. Like, wh- who says this is worth it? What's, what's this backed by? And I don't understand, quite understand blockchain. Like, I understand currency because I use currency um, and also currency that I can't see. So, you know, debit card, credit card, whatever. Um, but what I don't what I understand about Bitcoin is where is it and who is securing it? It's floating around your head right now. It probably you're is. Yeah, go, ah, <laughs> I wouldn't even throw know. Throw it on the counter. <laughs> but that, I guess that's that's where I get 
blocked with uh, ah. with, ah, see, see what I mean? With with Bitcoin, like I don't know how how I would go about using it, even if I had any. So the where the where is it is a really good question, and and just talking about um, currencies on the blockchain in general, the, the where is it is by its nature it's decentralized. So you know, the chain or the ledger uh, of ownership of that particular currency will be located on an, on any participant server in that ecosystem, right? So if you and I both have Bitcoins, we'll have part of the ledger will be on our servers, part right. of the ledgers will be on their servers. So there's no central point of attack. If your computer gets hacked, we the three of us still have that ledger on it. And if someone takes your Bitcoin, we can show that that was done illegally because because the the trust the trust uh, nature of 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 the blockchain, we can go back and audit that because it's on three. They would have to attack all of our computers to basically erase the fact that you own the Bitcoin. So, so so cryptocurrencies typically are decentralized. Not all of them, but typically are decentralized, meaning they're on a lot of different servers, and that way they're more safe because you'd have to have control of everyone. Uh, everyone's servers to be able to sort of infiltrate. Now, uh, uh, I think for for me, the you know the concept of security is very uh, uh, is is important for for me and and my uh, little money that I have. But uh, you know, in the news, I, I hear and I read about uh, you know massive hacks at at uh, you know at Bitcoin banks. In air quotes, uh, you know, uh, uh, whether it's it's hacks or you know millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin being being you know hacked and stolen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is of course the the big news stories, the big events get into the news. But for the most part, is Bitcoin safe? Is it uh, uh, is it something that you know when I'm afraid of say investing in Bitcoin is that fear somewhat true or is it is it uh, mostly uh, popularized in the news? So I think the fear is real. Um, I think hacking occurs, um, but I think you know and again this kind of prevails over all cryptocurrencies, not not just Bitcoin, which frankly, we don't do a lot of work around Bitcoin mm-hmm. because it, it is truly now a commodity. Right. Um, and, and, and the blockchain, although, you know, there's lots of forks on that blockchain and lots of improvement to be done and people still working on on it, um, you know, we don't tend to inter- interact with Bitcoin a lot other than as a payment vector uh, for other crypto. So, um, you know, to the hack point, a lot of the spaces where cryptocurrency can get hacked are when you actually are dealing or touching or storing cryptocurrency on, you know, sort of on your laptop or on a a wallet that's on a platform that's run through one company's server. So, you know, it's there's sort of a centralization of that crypto on an inherently um, uh, easy target. And therefore, so if you're if you're selling a bunch of crypto through a website and you're asking people to transact on that website um, by uploading their crypto onto a wallet that sits on that sort of static platform, then it's more susceptible to to hacking. Um, and that's why typically you'll see when there is a a sale of tokens through some form of web portal that people take the take the crypto and immediately take it off the wallet that's on the platform and, and put it in a cold wallet somewhere 
off 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 chain so to speak right. so it's it's no longer on the network and no longer susceptible to outside attack uh, so there's ways and means practical and technological to kind of curtail the the hacking but you know it still is a very you know present factor of transacting in cryptocurrencies online hmm. um, now I'm assuming that a cryptocurrency isn't like a file. It's not like a, a .txt file that you're storing on your computer. It's more complicated than that. So I can't just plug my jump drive into a computer and just drag it over. And now it's mine. <laughs> what? It's it's interesting, right? Because no, I, th- I mean, as I understand the technology, that's a really good question. As I understand the technology, it's not. A, somebody said to me uh, the other day, and I, I I laughed out loud. It's it's not a bit. It's a block. Mm-hmm. Um, right, it's it's not it's not O's it's not zeros and and O's organized in bits, um, or ones and zeros organized in bits. So in theory, you I think the idea is that you can take it and drag it into your your hot wallet or your platform wallet or your you know onto your your the wallet on your de- your, your laptop, your desktop, what, what have you. Um, but uh, that is really just a key. That when you plug back into the ledger that's decentralized, it will connect with your key and tell you because the ledger's already, you know, indelibly notated that you own X amount of, you know, Jeff coins. Um, and and so, it's a great idea. It's a really good idea. With your own ICO. I know where you can find one. <laughs> nice. Um, so you know, you you've got X amount of Jeff coins, and that is uh, populated across all of the ledgers on that network. Right. And so your key, when you plug it back in, says. Oh, you have the wallet will show you on your software you have a hundred Jeff coins because that's what all the ledgers are saying to the wallet. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I have a question again. <laughs> Do uh, it. So what? That's my question. Like what what is the sort of ultimate goal of of cryptocurrency, blockchain technology? Is it meant to someday supersede the regular currency that we use, so in our case, Canadian dollars or whatever, um, because it's my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, of course, Mike, but you, Bitcoin is only worth something, or any crypto coin, I guess, is only worth something because there's this other currency that it's sort of secured with. Is that the right word to use? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's possible. I, I think it's a really good question. Um, you know, Bitcoin has a value to society that is stored within within each particular Bitcoin that refers references back to dollars. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, at some stage that, you know, that Bitcoin, somebody bought that Bitcoin and now people are realizing that this currency is valuable to have just to have it, just to own it. Whether or not they ever plan on spending it, people are buying, selling, and trading because of some perceived future value in owning more Bitcoin than the guy next to you. Oh my God, this is Beanie Babies. Right, right. So they, so, so that this didn't is. not work out for me. So uh, no, me neither. Is, so this is, you know, it's a great analogy. And we'll get on, we should talk about CryptoKitties because they're a client of mine. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we can we can talk about them in a minute. So <laughs> you're, you're spot on. Why do we care? What is it going to do? What are cryptocurrencies going to do? Like in a word, it's trust. Okay. So. It's a way to transact digitally that removes the requirement for intermediaries. So banks, lawyers, trust companies, any fiduciaries intermediating any transaction, not just buying something from Amazon like a Beanie Baby, but going to 
uh, uh, you know, going to a bank and opening an account or going and buying shares from a broker or any any transaction um, that we typically have several layers of trust built into it, humans filling out spreadsheets uh, mm-hmm. manually to, you know, show that you own 100 Jeff coins, that's gone. So on top of the coins themselves, which are the value vector you also have within typically within um, cryptocurrency protocols, you, you have the concept of um, the smart contract. So in the future, when everybody solves this, you effectively have the ability for me to use 100 Jeff coins if they have value to transact with Amazon wallet to wallet to buy 100 Beanie Babies. And I don't need to go through PayPal. I don't need to go through I don't know what other you know Google the wallet. other end yeah Google <laughs> wallet that that that's done I can transact directly with Amazon and Amazon built into their smart contract will say if I don't get a hundred Jeff coins in my wallet uh, you know you've built into um, the smart contract you know like a set of instructions that say that you don't instigate shipping. And an email automatically goes saying, I didn't get 100 Jeff coins. So all these sorts of things happen on a pre-agreed basis. So there's no human intervention. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really just a trust is what you're creating. I'm afraid this. of trust. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm well, afraid of people on the internet and on the dark web. I don't even know what that is, but I'm afraid of that. Don't worry. They already have everything. I'm sure they, they do. They know everything about yeah. you. <laughs> I watched a video of a guy who bought a mystery box from the dark web and it had all this creepy shit in it. Um, wow. I don't think it was real, but I'm still afraid of it. So what I'm what I'm afraid of, I guess, is um, what you were just saying, Mike, about that that person to person trust. Where if I have, let's just keep going with Jeff coins because I like yeah, it. I like yeah, it too. Um, I like that we're using Beanie Babies as a uh, right. I'm well. still trying to forward that analogy to like work in that you have to have the tag intact and everything like that. <laughs> oh, but sure. yeah, we're going to get there, guys. I know we will. Um, but in terms of the transactional approach to uh, I buy something uh, without without having that intermediary, whether it's Visa or PayPal, whatever it happens to be. So I buy something from someone on the web and my Bitcoins or Jeff coins rather are in their wallet, their hot wallet. Is that right? Is that okay? Cool. Um, I love this lingo. Um, and they renege on the deal. What recourse do I have? Because I now have to trust this person, this perfect stranger, with my money, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not delivering a service. So what? Is there a rating system? Maybe we need some kind of like this, yeah. eBay rating system. Totally. So, and this is Yelp. what a bunch of people are trying to solve. So, so, so clients of mine in the are in this um, professional services industry are trying to figure out a way that you can rate specific professional services providers and and have some form of coin that you can use to sort of figure out they're the right kind of people and then there's a rating system and then can you pay using these coins there's all sorts of problems you can solve um, with the coins in a trustless sort of ecosystem right we don't and trustless doesn't mean no trust it just means there's no trust required um, and so you know um, yeah I mean I, th- I think I think the coins you know the the, the, the what am I trying to say? The smart contract is designed to create a rule set that is predetermined so that you, if something goes wrong, 
and you don't get your Beanie Babies, the money automatically comes back to you uh, from eBay. It'll, it, wallet to wallet, nobody can touch it. And because it's all on the blockchain, if you were to say, uh, you know what, I don't think I got my 100 Jeff coins. Tell you what, I'm gonna run a code scan and find out if they actually transferred the money back, like the smart contracts are supposed right. to do. And you scan it and it's all auditable. Right. So then again, do you need to go to your accountant and say, I don't think I got a hundred Jeff coins back. Can you audit this transaction for me or whatever you, you need to, you would have needed to have done previously. You have to walk into the bank and say to Toronto Dominion Bank, a guy behind a kiosk, can you just check my credit card statement and make sure that I got refunded? doesn't matter. It all should happen automatically. Right. right. Then you're talking more the the end kind of client rather than the the currency itself. It's mm -hmm. how how Amazon handles that transaction, not how money handles that transaction. Correct. Yeah. So uh, this conversation uh, uh, has reminded me throughout this this whole talk of a, of a movie that I think many people have forgot, but I haven't because I'm that kind of guy. Uh, has anybody here seen the movie In Time? From 2011. So no. Justin Timberlake. It's Justin Timberlake. Yes, I have. And Olivia Wilde. So uh, uh, it's a uh, uh, even when I first saw it, and even up to now, uh, essentially the plot of the movie, the premise of the movie is that uh, people have a certain amount of of time left yeah. in their life, and they pay. Uh, they use time of their life as currency. So you can transfer like money, or you can transfer like minutes of your life to someone else and you can pay for food with minutes from your life uh, you know I, I'm i thinking to myself I'm like hmm would that just be an easy way to just like settle all of these issues right you know because uh, ultimately what we're trying to do in life is, is make enough to survive make enough to eat you know what let's cut out the middleman let's even cut out the bitcoin middleman uh, and just uh, <laughs> sell our lives is that what we're doing yeah is, is that your pitch yeah apparently <laughs> for, yes Okay, well, uh, if, can if, you get that going for us, Mike? Yeah, my, yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> Wait, are you our lawyer now? <laughs> it's amazing. I shoved a dollar in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> He's on retainer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, now, now his thing is that uh, you know this movie, even though it's a it's a very futuristic, t uh, technology based uh, movie, it's described as a dystopian movie. So uh, you know, playing a bit of the devil's advocate, you know, with the whole with. Bitcoin and others say decentralized, trusting other people. Uh, are are we heading towards like do we do we ask the people, the four of us on this episode, do we believe that that people and humans are generally trustworthy and and able to help build Bitcoin into into this real viable uh currency uh not you know not say just cryptocurrency but being able to one day call it a currency or uh, are our people perhaps a little bit tougher and that there needs to be those checks and balances because not everybody is going to be as upfront and and on board that's a, I think this is a, a human i think this is a human nature question are we good or are we going to break the system <laughs> Oh, I think we'll break it up. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I want I'd to like believe. To, I'd like to believe and trust in people, but I think <laughs> I, every fear of science episode ends with it's real. Okay, what's worse, the the this topic or humans? And it always ends up with currently, it's like hmm, humans sometimes not that trustworthy. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it just to me feels like it's a Bond villain waiting to happen, right? I mean, you've got right. you know we <laughs> like you, you know we do we succumb to the reality that. All of our commercial transactions, our banking, uh, our finances, our health insurance, life insurance, all of that is going to be managed uh, through the use of smart contracts and, and right. on, on some form of blockchain, um, thereby reducing the need for brokers or, you know, advisors or, you know, uh, clerks at stores and anything that you'd otherwise you need to uh interact on in the form of commerce with uh or in the context of commerce with and then then you realize that actually you know the super mega corp that devised all the software was really skimming 10 bucks off every transaction without you ever knowing because they had some screen that you could audit and she would show everything was fine and then you know he strokes his you know fade to black as he strokes his white cat that's uh, superman too yeah Yeah. Yeah. right or wasn't an office space also probably yes no yeah because they reference superman too of stealing like a fraction of a penny from millions of different bank accounts and this is the same thing you're describing but with bitcoin so really i think we can definitively say that humans will eventually ruin this yeah (laughs) this utopian pie in the sky thing the thing that i find very interesting about bitcoin too is that there tends to be what i've seen kind of two different people that are really into bitcoin you've got the people that are really techie um really like in my my opinion kind of the the purest of people who really want it to be uh, a new form of, of money. But then you've got the other side of Bitcoin. Uh, so I was watching this video the other day uh, when I was researching Bitcoin, and it was about a puzzle box um, that uh, somehow shows how the blockchain works in an actual representation, physical representation. But the video, the Kickstarter video for it, was insane. Um, and it was all about um, kind of like screw the government and uh, this anti-authoritarian type movement. Um, and I can hear you. Yeah, exactly right. But, but that's a large right amount of it. People yeah. think... Well, that goes to your point. You know, like, is this going to replace... Is this designed or de- even destined to replace, you know, uh, government-backed currency? Yeah, My Canada yeah. savings bonds, no. <laughs> but there is, there is that side of it where there are people who think this is going to replace the government and money and this is the first uh, way to shut down the government. Well, so. to be fair, I mean, you know, and, you know, uh, when you think of like people who are like preppers, people who prepare for yeah. uh, the, the after times, you know, you know how heavy a bar of gold is? Oh, so heavy. So instead, just carry around a... <laughs> I'm holding in my hand what I'm assuming is uh, a Bitcoin wallet. It's it's a uh, you can't see this because you're listening on a podcast. And also, uh, it's Bitcoin wallet, so it's not here in my hand, anyways. Um, but uh, maybe that's the reason why. Maybe it is uh, uh, useful. It's lighter. Well, I don't think in a post-apocalyptic world we're going to be worrying about. Uh 
trading Bitcoins. Yeah. We're going to be like, what? water is now the most yeah. valuable thing in the world. I'm not going to even participate in the post-apocalyptic world either. Because if, I am, because if, if the people who are prepping for it are going to be the people that are left, oh, yeah. I'm done. I'm, I'm out of here. Hey, yeah. they, need, they need comedians in the aftertimes. They sure Woo. don't. Um, How about I think, I think they, make that, they make that abundantly clear. <laughs> they have no sense of humor. So I'm just if I if I survive, I will find a way out. This conversation of fear of zombies on the first episode. Hey, <laughs> now uh, I wanted to to swing back to something that you brought up a few minutes ago, and that is, of course, you know, you know what's better than regular kitties? Oh, it's crypto crypto kitties. <laughs> uh, so you are uh, you represent the crypto kitties creators? Correct. Ah, and because it was created here in Vancouver, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool idea. Um, the you know you know obviously active client, so I can't say much about it. But um, what is publicly known um, is that you know they they sort of forged ahead and um, used what we now know as ERC seven twenty one compliant tokens uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and what's super cool about them and why they were able to effectively avoid the long arm of securities legislation where many others have failed is because each uh, using that type of token uh, permitted them to create, um, you know, millions, I don't know, billions, very many uh, variants of a cat. And so every single cat has its own unique DNA. Every single kitty is unique. And what the fancy word we use in the biz is that those tokens are non-fungible. So every single token um, itself is completely unique and has its own DNA. And then when you breed them with other unique DNA tokens, they create a third more unique cat with its own DNA as well. Uh, so it's like real life Pokemon. Correct, correct. And, 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 it's, and it's been wildly successful and it's slowed down the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, and, you know, they've just done a great job with it. And the, the, the aesthetics and the UI, I think, you know, from my untrained eye at least are super, super cool. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that um, usually puts and I'm kind of getting a little too legal and technical, so stop me. But one of the things that kind of puts most ICOs uh, within the securities box, such that they're sort of treated like a, like an equity security or a share of a company, um, is that you know a marketplace can develop in them, and people may try to arbitrage the value of those. Uh, securities. Um, I'm using air quotes again. Can't see it on the <laughs> side note. There was air quotes. Um, I saw them. Can uh, and you know, and and a and a security is of course. Yeah, there's a lot of um, disclosure and rules around who you can sell to and under what circumstances. Um, in the CryptoKitties case, whilst there is a marketplace that developed in those cats, 100% there is one it's more akin to kind of a collector's item, right? So each cat being different, you're kind of creating a marketplace that's eBay, right? Not a stock exchange, because every cat's different, they'll attract a different price, right? Whereas, so you know, a share in Jeffco is gonna be a buck, and each Jeffco share is gonna be the same. Right, right. You know, um, that's not the case. With because with, with CryptoKitties, there are collectors, right? Correct. Yeah. And some collectors will will value certain kitties 
more. Uh, so again, say like you know, Crypto Kitties to say um, uh, to say like Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. Like if uh, are there uh, are there like super rare like because each one is unique. Mm-hmm. Are there ones that are more rare? Or is it just aesthetically uh, people like... Don't know. Sure. I don't know. I have not dialed into uh, the frequency of CryptoKitties for the, a little while. But I think the premise is that um, they just generate new skins or new looks that uh, resonate with certain people more than they would with others. And right. because there's an element of you never know what kind of a cat you're going to birth... Um, you know, uh, if you're lucky Pokemon. enough to get something that someone else would prefer to have over you in terms of aesthetics, then the, then a deal is a deal is done. Interesting. Right? So yeah. it's the community of crypto kitty collectors that will determine the value of what the kitty slash genetic uh, genetic mad scientists. Right. Yeah. 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 This is a very strange amalgamation of finance and biology yeah, that I don't yeah. think I'm comfortable with. I'm scared yeah. of crypto kitties now. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it's like, well, I mean, like, uh, uh, I love all these conversations because they just branch off in so many different places. But, you know, this, you know, reminds me of like, oh, for whether for a future episode, it's like fear of, of uh, you know, like when people genetically alter their babies inside to, to uh, make sure that they're like less predisposed to certain. Oh, we've got that episode uh, coming up. Oh, sweet! Nice. There we go. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I'm. Uh, I love. I love these conversations. They're just so. Uh, they get my brain going in so many different places. I just want to know which ones are community decided the the better looking crypto cats. I I just I need know. to know that. I know. <laughs> I, you know what I would suggest you do. I I I think get on the website. Have a look or have a poke around, get onto the marketplace, see what it says. There are definitely features that'll just speak to you. Some have fangs, some have Do some wear glasses? Some wear glasses, some what? have mustaches. Also, you, you know, can't like, see this, but all of us on this episode are wearing glasses, which is why I'm like, oh yeah. Nerds Unite. We yeah. Yeah, weird game of guess who. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow, that's uh, that's that sounds fun. Well, definitely, and it's great. It's it's great that uh, it was created here in Vancouver because yeah. Vancouver is a big, definitely a big tech hub, which right. is why. Uh, uh, is there a big t- uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency community here in Vancouver? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, there is. Um, you know, you have some 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 um, in terms of. I mean, it being such a global phenomenon. Um, uh, we have, I think, punched above our weight in terms of companies that have made waves outside of Vancouver, um, and you know, even Canada in general. Like we, we had a, an event down in, I say we, uh, an event held down in the Bahamas by um, uh, sponsored by a company out of Toronto called Polymath, uh, called Polycon, Polyconference. I hope uh, was what it stood for, and. Um, and that was just a Canadian content type event, but it had people from all over the world wow. trying to interact with Canadian companies. So we're, you know, obviously Ethereum was born out of Toronto, um, you know, and uh, and the diaspora of Ethereum um, uh, staff and, and minds and management and all that sort of stuff has, has kind of peppered it in various ecosystems around Canada. And uh, Vancouver itself is... Um, it's a really interesting place. Um, you know, it's, the struggle is always going to be 
um, regulatory regimes and figuring out how uh, the Canadian regulatory regime can interface with the companies wanting to build, grow, and scale here in, in Canada, especially in the sense uh, or with respect to them trying to use um, crypto cryptographic tokens as a, uh, as a sale for fundraising purposes. Um, there's some interesting interplay there. Uh, it definitely does drive some talent abroad where regulatory regimes are a little more relaxed, um, read Banana Republics, but, um, you know, it, yeah, it, it's, it's prominent, it's growing. Uh, the new types of companies coming through uh, in the blockchain space in Vancouver and in Canada in general are really exciting. Now, my question is, how many people showed up to Polycon that were polyamorous and very confused? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It was pretty expensive tickets, so uh, it, so it could have been a few. What, 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 I, what I'm hearing from you, Mike, is that uh, crypto is the new wave of money laundering. <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> Because you, you, hey, you brought up the Banana Republics, like the, you know, the Cayman Islands and the, yeah, these places. So, so, so it's a fair point. So they all have, you know, just to be clear to my legal listeners, they all have their own uh, anti-money laundering, know your client regimes. But uh, what I mean is more on the um, on the securities side. So not not money laundering side, but on the securities regulations. So they, you know, they don't. They don't have. They wreck most of these places now. Say most of them. There are a handful of offshore jurisdictions that will formally recognize cryptographic tokens as an instrument that is not a security. Uh, so that gives a company the flexibility to sell them to the crowd without having to file a prospectus. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so Justin, hearing yeah. all of this stuff, have, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you you came in a, a bit of a uh, a new person to the world of cryptocurrency. Yes, has your mind uh, been swayed, been changed? What are your thoughts now on cryptocurrency? My thoughts are that um, do you guys know that 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 crypto Bitcoin place above the subway on Burrard Street? Have you ever seen that? No. Um, Mike, who are these jokers that are? setting up a store above a subway and like, should I buy Bitcoins from them? I know that's not the answer to your question, but I want to get to that. Uh, I mean, if it's, if it's real Bitcoin <laughs> and you can afford it, and that's part of your investment portfolio. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My portfolio includes uh, yeah. a six inch I mean, meatball sub. I mean, in the end of the day, I mean, it just depends. I mean, there's a lot of really credible people in the financial you know, markets and capital market space who who are participating in this some of it's FOMO for sure right uh, some of it is you know this is the future and some of it is just you know I got a little bit of cash I'm just gonna dabble sure um, should you be buying Bitcoin from somebody above I assume a subway restaurant subway not the subway okay. the not 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 the conveyance for okay. the public transit okay. no uh, you know if, if that's what you want um, Bitcoin be, can be hard to, you, I mean, you can't just walk up to someone on the subway and say, do you have Bitcoin you want to sell me? You might be lucky and they may say yes. And then you both whip out your laptops and your, your wallets and you plug them in and you do the deal right then and there. But uh, the likelihood is, is low. Uh, so, you know, if that's a place that you can acquire Bitcoin, yeah. um, then that is a good vehicle to do it uh, as long as it's all done above board. I had no idea about this. I'm going to go check this out. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, Burrard Street, there's like those fancy uh, car dealerships right around 4th Ave right there by the Molson mm -hmm. Brewery. Mm -hmm. Subway's right there. Right above, it's this 
it looks sketchy to me, but what do I know? Um, You've just increased their business. I guess I have. I don't know if they have a name of their business or whatever, but yeah, go check it out. See, Go see what they're all about and tell them I sent you. Maybe they'll get a commission. Um, but in terms of what what did I learn and am I, am I, a, am I a convert, um, I don't think so. I think I still have some, some more questions that need answering. And, and since I still don't understand what a blockchain is um, and, and how I get on that and things like that. Like I'm, I'm not big on computer things. I don't know how to work stuff. Um, so I think, I think for me it would have to be someone will have to make it so easy and so accessible for people like me who don't. I'm not that big into tech stuff. I think that's when I'm not an early adopter of stuff. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. And I think um, we're still in the early adoption phase. Yeah, for the most part, your your cold wallet warms up too much and turns into a hot wallet. Precisely. What do you do then? Where are you then? Yeah, yeah. You're just a guy with a. You're just gonna have to eat at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's that's what we try and do here on the the Fear of Science. We want to uh, dive into different topics and and also inspire people to learn more about our various subjects, including today's episode, which is all about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. So, uh, if you by hearing this episode, if you are inspired uh, to uh, d- dive into the world of cryptocurrency, let us know. Uh, send us a tweet. Send us a message. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And let us know uh, how the experience of cryptocurrency is for you. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, um, thank you very much to both of our special guests, Justin and Mike. Thank you both very much for yeah. being here. Thanks very much thank for having me. Much. Thanks, guys. I learned so much. I now want a crypto. I now want a crypto kitty. But until the next time when I get a chance to get a crypto kitty, and until the next time that we talk with you on the Fear of Science, remember, as we always say here on Fear of Science, remember, if you can't invest in Bitcoin, there is always money in the banana stand. Have a great day. Thank you.